this episode of Community Meeting with Brooke Bruce, we talk about all things theater, including Circle Theater and their intentions to be more inclusive in casting, Man Goyle, Brooke Bruce's creative beginnings, Dr. Roxo, and cosplay. Enjoy. Disclaimer, the views in this episode are that of Brooke Bruce and not representative of any theater companies discussed. Let's talk about how we met. Um, So for me, it's not like a clear time. Right. Um, But I remember just kind of seeing you around. I would go to like improv stuff, Mm -hmm. see you performing, um, and then just all types of GR places, you know, music venues stuff like that um and we kind of talked about um a comedy show that you all did and we did the music for Mm -hmm. but yeah what are your memories there that was um late night gr Mm -hmm. it was our sketch comedy group uh very similar to uh saturday night live but you were there so you know yeah so you were our musical guest and i don't even i'm so sorry i don't remember what your group was that so that that wasn't um like one of my like straight up groups, it was a kind of a combination of people. So it was me and Devin, which we're kind of like the United Everywhere, mm-hmm. but also um, KJ was there with us from KJ and the Good Time Family Band. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a mesh up of, of folks. So it was the three of us. Um, I think, I'm trying to think of what kind of setup we had because I feel like I was kind of doing some keyboard stuff. Yeah. Um, my JDXI keyboard, I kind of, I, um, actually got that, um, and that kind of helped me, um, build my album that I've been working on, like just kind of learning that keyboard, Mm -hmm. but I had brought that, I had like some beats kind of, um, loaded into that and was playing those and doing some stuff. Then I'm sure, um, KJ was on guitar and then Devin might've been doing drums or something, but yeah, that was a cool experience. I just remembered I really liked your sound and you came in with this big smile, which was great because we were like, it was one of those shows that like the last day we could rehearse before we went on, we lost a cast member. So like we were scrambling to like fill in parts and then you come in for like a sound (laughs) check and you're just happy and playing this great music and it really just like, we really needed that. Yeah. And I think it was one of my favorite shows we've done we didn't um i wasn't in late night G- gr for too long mm-hmm. um and then we didn't really do i think that was our last show yeah so it ended on a high note <laughs> that's that's awesome i i love hearing stuff like that because i don't know like <laughs> like i had no idea um but yeah i do remember having a good time there um and I was going to say, I had kind of a a similar thing happen before, kind of like I was in um, Romeo and Juliet was like my first time acting in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I played Prince Aeschylus and we kind of did it in the 60s. So it was kind of more of a like civil rights kind of energy going on with it. Oh, cool. Um, um, But yeah, like. The day before, I think I think we already had already had our opening show, but it was the second show, and before that show, like two guys backstage like got into it, and this dude, this this dude was humongous, no. and he, he was like a freshman too, and he was just big as hell, and he was like trying to kill this dude backstage, oh, like trying to fuck him up, and like so I like grabbed him. Um, another me and another kid like grabbed him, hold him down, all this stuff, so he doesn't like destroy this kid, other kid, yeah. and then he gets like kicked out of the show. Like this is like we're about like we're getting like dressed to go on. Like parents this is, in the audience, just yeah. like have no idea what's going right. on. Right, we're just backstage chaos, pure chaos. This guy's like done with the show. Um, but luckily, like the guy who was doing uh, working on the set, like he knew the lines. It was a small role this right. guy was playing, so he filled in for him. And I feel like that was one of our best shows we ever did. Like, we were all, like, so, like, energy and just, like, I got to get all this fucking emotions out. Like, yeah. That's what I love about live theater. Yeah. Like, you get the show you get. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Like, hey. And, and the best, <clears throat> I do, um, I have a 
uh, art collective mm-hmm. called the Brutal Sea. Oh, sorry, that was my phone. Oh my god! Um, and we do a lot of like original plays, and they are some of the most stressful um, rehearsal processes because you know we all wrote this play and now we have to figure out how to put it together. But they're also like the most beautiful shows. Every time we've done one, the audience has this huge reaction to it. And I think there's just something about when things don't go how you expect them, mm-hmm. but you have to keep pushing through. Yeah. Like the best shit comes out of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how we met. Mm-hmm. Um and you are involved in a lot of things. You have a lot of things going on right. that you're working towards. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some of that. Like you um, are doing a documentary, right? Yep. So who's the documentary for? It's about my friend about? Lori Jacobs. Mm-hmm. She is, um, well, I'm just going to say her age because uh, I don't subscribe to the, oh, we don't talk about women of a certain age, but uh, she's 83 um she is a rock star mm-hmm. she um that's awesome back in the 70s she like was 30 single mom and she was writing music and she just decided i'm gonna go play my music on the road and she had a friend um harvey harvey's last name i should be telling you this right off the top of my head because i've been thinking about nothing but her for the last year (laughs) but um her friend harvey was uh basically he was so in awe of her talent that he he promoted all of her music for her Mm -hmm. got her a capital record um with her first album free And so she had, like, some success going on the road playing for, like, coffee shops. One of her songs was on the Billboard Top 10 Country, like, charts Mm -hmm. for a week. Like, she, I feel like she would have made it a lot farther in that industry if it wasn't for... You know, I we kind of touched on this a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, but just the... underlying practices of management in the music industry like uh she's got a very similar sound to uh carol king Mm -hmm. um and her music is now on spotify so check out laurie jacobs yes i'm gonna have to get down Mm -hmm. definitely but so she moved to grand rapids like 23 years ago mm-hmm. and she joined jewish theater she's done a lot of one woman shows for them she's just a amazing powerhouse of a woman she was someone i met we were both crewing backstage a show at actors theater and as i learned more about her life i was like how has no one made a documentary about this woman mm-hmm. like she's this old jewish woman she's a lawyer like she's <laughs> been on the road she's opened for blue suede all these cool bands and i just want more people to know about her <laughs> so she's obviously um inspired you mm-hmm. what do you what what does that push you to want to do She just, like, I would be so happy if I am 80 and still doing shows and still promoting my music and Mm -hmm. working on projects. Like, I started theater what feels to me like later on in life. I Mm -hmm. was 20, you Mm -hmm. know, but growing up. I thought that theater was something you had to do your whole life. So when I came into it at 20, I was like, I'm behind. There's Mm -hmm. no way I'm ever going to catch up to any certain level of success. But then I just kept pushing, you know, Mm -hmm. that stubborn thing of like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to catch up. Um, And I really pushed myself the last decade. I've just been go, go, go show. So when Mm -hmm. I met Lori, who's still 80 or she's 80 and she's still crewing shows and she's still like just so active like how can you not be inspired Mm -hmm. by someone who's been performing for she got a late start she didn't start till 30 and Mm -hmm. she's just been going for the last 50 years i want i want that energy that's that's amazing that's that's something i feel like i've been thinking about more too 
like I'm 33, I'm about to be 34. Um, and especially with rapping, like people are like, it's a young person's sport. Like once you get a certain age, people, I feel like they even kind of look down like you're 30 and rap. Like, oh, you're you should, still doing that? Yeah, like that? what? Like you haven't moved on? Like, no, I actually love it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not doing it for any other reason besides I love it. So that's something um, I think about more too. It's just like, there's not like a deadline for this. Like this is something I'll be making music my whole life. Like, right. That's just what I love to do. Um, and I feel like we're starting to have more conversations about that, about like not trying to be like, Oh, you're too old to do certain things or right. to live your life the way you fucking want to live it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm starting to see also more examples of um, like older rap artists putting out more quality work because I mean, another thing with that is rap is so young, like it's such a young genre that we haven't really had examples of like older rappers and what type of music they would put out. Right. So I feel like a lot of um, the older folks who were rapping were trying to change up a little too much and like trying to be something they weren't instead of being like, this is how I feel now at this age. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. No, I think it's it's a good thing, and I think we're having good conversations kind of about that in society in general. Yeah. You're also working with Circle Theater, mm-hmm. and they have a show that's going to be coming up. Can you yeah. tell me about that? So I am stage managing The Music Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, part of Circle Theater's 2022 season. Uh, they are doing... Oh, I'm not going to list all of them. I'm <laughs> selfish. I'm stage managing yeah, the music man. Yeah, let's get And I'm really excited about it. So Circle Theater last year started um, doing, what's the word I'm going for? Uh, inclusively cast shows. Mm-hmm. And so last year we did Cabaret, which is a, if you think about it, it is a very white show it's just a show that when you think about it you think of like alan cumming and eliza Mm -hmm. minnelli and it's always the same look and the same expression an example of theater changes Mm -hmm. that should have been happening way sooner we just within the last decade had our first black phantom of the opera Mm -hmm. and when he was cast there were so many people that were like the phantom can't be black he's french and he like it's not relevant to the time and it screws up the story the phantom of the opera is a fictional story right like like it's already not real (laughs) and you're seeing with shows like hamilton you Mm -hmm. know like the founding fathers weren't people of color Mm -hmm. but when they are being portrayed as people of color they're still telling a story Mm -hmm. and you still know it's the founding fathers we're trying to play with the idea that just because a show is traditionally cast whitewashed i don't Mm -hmm. know a nicer way to say it like it has to be this way every single time. It's just not realistic mm-hmm. to the world. Like, we live in America. We are very diverse. Mm-hmm. Allow more opportunities to our talented people of color. Mm-hmm. Like, there are good parts out there. Why do they always have to go <clears throat> to this blonde or that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, sorry, that was a rant. But so last year they did um, Cabaret intentionally cast Mm -hmm. with people of color in lead roles. I played the MC, Mm -hmm. um, which was a dream role that's usually played by a man, Mm -hmm. but they do do gender swap. Um, I played it pretty androgynous, but nobody freaked out. Like the world didn't end. Mm -hmm. And then we had a black cliff we had black sally like all of the leads like dream roles Mm -hmm. that when i was a kid you know um i watched shows like the sound of music or Mm -hmm. oliver there's not a person of color in that so Mm -hmm. when i'm watching these shows as a small child i'm thinking that'd be fun but i could never do that Mm -hmm. like i i wouldn't fit in to that spot 
because I'm just ethnically ambiguous enough mm-hmm. that usually if I get a part, it's definitely one of the town's people. Mm-hmm. So just seeing more opportunities for people of color who after so long of auditioning and losing parts to the same people Mm -hmm. over and over again it's cool to see that circle is taking that initiative to say Mm -hmm. no come out come audition we want you to feel good here and so there's good sides and bad sides Mm -hmm. to this you know movement in a sense i mean it's new territory you know what i mean like in we're learning you mm -hmm. know what i mean but the important part is being open to that and allowing people to have these experiences right like i feel like there is there's definitely been some concern in the theater community like a lot of us you know people of color we're worried that oh by circle doing this show they're making that that's the show where it's okay you know for people of color to get roles but then the oh, rest then of the everyone else is going to do the same cookie yeah, cutter shit. Same shit and that's not what's happening mm-hmm. like i've spoken to other directors of other shows of the seasons like i think they all have that mindset of like mm-hmm. let's fuck shit up yeah but the artists are the people way... who are supposed to fuck shit up like right so like the only way we can do that is if we make it known that hey these opportunities are here come out because right now it's you know a little stifled like mm-hmm. when you think about who goes into musical theater training like white schools predominantly have more money to mm-hmm. have more theater programs um more money for tutoring all of access to like acting classes and things like that but the heart of community theater is putting a show together like just because you didn't go to juilliard doesn't mean you can't also come on stage and have fun with us Mm -hmm. yeah um i was gonna say i was i was at that um cabaret show actually and i i didn't know that story like i never seen that before mm-hmm. um but no it was amazing i really enjoyed it and i love circle theater i love the layout there like, yeah that's my first time going to circle theater as well oh i'm so glad yeah <laughs> um another show of yours that i've seen was mangoyle Am I saying oh my that right? gosh yes mangoyle was that? what was that experience like that was a brutal siege production mm-hmm. remember the brutal sea the art collective so that was written by Declan Maher, Nick Valer, Michael Hilkin, and edited by Kimmy Schneider. They're um, all members of the Brutal Sea, and um, they just sat down and wanted to write a script together, and a noir piece set in a mythical (laughs) Gotham area with a cathedral uh instead of a cathedral (laughs) like it played on hp lovecraft references Uh and we had a gargoyle who came well you saw it Mm -hmm. but there's the gargoyle who comes to life because he's a detective trying to figure out a conspiracy within the town like it's just an absurd well thought out Mm -hmm. play and i think excuse me it's one of my favorite shows that we've ever done just because like as a tech person i was in the show but i also helped stage manage that one um as a tech person seeing a show that is almost three hours long Mm -hmm. and watching people stay Mm -hmm. and watch all three hours is like that is a feat within Mm -hmm. itself like you can't just slap a show together and expect people to you need to be engaged so the fact that this ridiculous (laughs) storyline was able to not only like hold the audience's attention but like people wanted to come see it again they wanted recordings of it Mm -hmm. like i love experiences like that because the whole time we're doing it you know like yeah we know it's a good play 
but we're all friends goofing off finding the magic in it. Mm-hmm. So then when the audience sees it and they come back with their like feedback, they tell us what the magic was, like stuff we didn't even think mm-hmm. about while we were doing it. So I was really proud of that show. My grandma was um, had just passed away mm-hmm. before the rehearsal process. So that show was like a very cleansing experience yeah. for me. To kind of get all that, all those emotions out mm-hmm. and that energy out. Well, because my character, now that mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it, um, her whole storyline is trying to find the person who murdered her father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's so just funny this whole journey of like grief. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I did not know that that was original content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. So. Um, I want to kind of talk about like your beginnings of getting into creativity. Okay. Um, where are you from? Granville, Michigan. You're from Granville. Mm-hmm. And so young Granville, Brooke Bruce, what are you I am, uh, getting into? I am uh, severely traumatized at a young age. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I go to a school where... Uh, I'm very good at masking. Mm-hmm. So they don't see this child with mental illness. Mm-hmm. They just see this loud, dramatic girl that's constantly screaming for attention and like going through mood swings. So I like I had a couple friends here or there, but like mm-hmm. I had a lot of uh, mental battles that I was not equipped to deal with and I didn't have a lot of resources growing up to deal with it like I didn't have good parents Mm -hmm. so there was abuse at home and then I'd go to school and I'd be really weird and unhinged because I'm trying to process that but not realizing I'm trying to process that because I'm a kid but so I was like excuse me I was Mm. definitely emo goth i always loved theater but again i thought it was something you were like born into that Mm -hmm. i couldn't do so i didn't really find a creative side until high school okay i joined um the av program so i learned video um processing and honestly i wouldn't have graduated if it wasn't for uh av Terry Blevins, best instructor in the business. Sorry, this is our gang sign. Oh. <laughs> She's throwing up gang signs right now. <laughs> uh, well, Grandville, it, you know, it was it's weird. I didn't even talk about the growing up a mixed kid in Grandville. Mm-hmm. There was bullying coming from that end, mm-hmm. and then I was psychotic on top of it. So, like, some of it was deserved, but no. was it, you know? <laughs> but so I started learning filmmaking in high school mm-hmm. um i barely passed high school um i kind of gave up on film and got into drugs nothing mm-hmm. too hard just smoking weed doing not good things for my body mm-hmm. not sleeping not taking care of myself And then my grandma, the love of my life, was like, well, you graduated high school, so now it's time to go to college. She's like, come on. You got to go. And I was like, (laughs) I'm an adult. I don't want to go. And she said, well, you're going to go. So I went to CC my freshman year, and I met a person um, who, I met someone smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Her name's Desiree. Mm -hmm. Love her. We started hanging out at her house. She lived with a bunch of movie geeks. Nice. I was like, hey, guys, I used to make movies. (laughs) I never really made movies with them, Mm -hmm. but one of them was really into theater. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, if you like, we did karaoke together. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hey, if you like singing, you should come audition for this show. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about you can't audition for shows that's something you're born into right you like to do your what are you talking life. about <laughs> um but so hearing that and having that realization that this was like a tangible thing i could do i went and i got voice lessons from someone who happened to be working at circle theater mm-hmm. so um after a couple of voice lessons with her um 
Oh, wow. I'm rambling so much. No, no. I want to hear it. Well, but so <laughs> I have to backtrack a little bit. When I was mm-hmm. a kid, loved theater. I tried to take voice lessons once when I was a small kid. Mm-hmm. And I went in. She played a note told me to follow her and I started bawling my eyes out because mm-hmm. again kid mm-hmm. unmedicated undiagnosed mm-hmm. bawled my eyes out wasted the whole class yeah wasted the whole class and so I get home and my mom's like well that was a waste of money and never let me pursue it again mm-hmm. I played the violin in orchestra so mm-hmm. I did have some kind of art but it was very yeah. much like well I'm in high school so I have to do this and try that but I was just a little stoner kid who had a, a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a healthy way to channel any mm-hmm. of this energy. Circling back. <laughs> voice lessons. My coach is directing a show. So she had me come do an audition. Mm-hmm. Now the benefit of her being my teacher was not only did I audition and botch it horribly. <laughs> Like, oh my God, I wore a wig. I wore uncomfortable clothing. I couldn't sing my song. But because she was my teacher, she was like, come back and watch the callbacks. Mm -hmm. And basically, I think her thought process was, come see how hard this is going to be. If you actually want to do this, come see what it's like. Because if that was hard, this is the next step. And so I sat in there and I watched it and I was so out of my element, but Mm -hmm. I knew like, you want to get there. This is what I want to do. Right. And, you know, growing up, like I played the violin, I made movies, but I never felt like things were good enough. So I just Mm -hmm. give up. Mm -hmm. This was the first thing where like I tried, I failed miserably, Mm -hmm. failed miserably. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, let's go again. Yeah, like, all right, and fuck I've it. been doing it for ten years. That's <laughs> awesome, hell yeah. Um, so, like, you're obviously still doing film. You're doing your documentary. What is your kind of end vision with with film? Once you kind of learn the things you want to learn, right. what do you want to do with it? So, I have like passion projects. Mm-hmm. Like, my goal is to be able to do theater sustainably. Mm-hmm. But with filmmaking, what I like about it is the editing process. Mm -hmm. Like, I like how you can, uh, how I like that having the control Mm -hmm. of having a beginning and ending finished project. Mm -hmm. With theater, you get what you get, which is a beauty in its own. Mm -hmm. With film, it's the opposite. I get to be as nitpicky and Mm -hmm. tell the story I want to tell, how I want to tell it. And so I always knew I wanted to make documentaries about people who inspire me because growing up, I didn't have a lot of role models. Mm -hmm. Like looking back, I now know that my grandma was a role model. But when you're a kid, she's just grandma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so growing up, a lot of the adults in my life besides her were not the best examples. So when I started doing theater, I started disciplining myself i didn't have discipline growing up so theater was the first thing where i was like okay i need to get my shit together or no one's going to want to work with me Mm -hmm. and so i've always been driven to people who have that same self-motivation of like i need to discipline myself Mm -hmm. and so i want to do a documentary series i don't know how long Mm -hmm. or how many but um basically people who have inspired me in my life because i know uh laurie's story i'm i haven't gotten too into it but with you here but it's just such a rich beautiful story Mm -hmm. about a beautiful person i have other friends who like they've gone through the most horrendous shit Mm -hmm. and they come out the most amazing people I know I want to make a documentary about my grandpa. That was mm-hmm. something my grandma always wanted was it was hard to follow his genealogy after a certain point down south. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to explore his side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I want to write about, 
well, those are the two for sure. I'm yeah, not going to pitch sure. anything to you yeah. and then not do it. Yeah. So those are, Lori is one, Grandpa's another. But so there's that documentary series. I just want to tell stories about people I love. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a dream of making the most, uh, I don't even know the word to say it. Uh, I don't know how to put it. Um I want to make one of those annoying movies mm-hmm. that make you cry and mm-hmm. like want to be a better person. Oh yeah. Cuz those are Hell the yeah. ones that inspire me. Like My Left Foot, Daniel Day-Lewis, if I'm having I'm, a bad day. I've never seen it. It's about um it's written about Christy Brown who may or may not have been a very abusive person. Mm-hmm. You know how you find that out right. afterwards. Right. He was like, "Ah, oh, shit." But well, so, I'm influenced now right. already. Can't he take it back. Had severe uh palsy and mm-hmm. could only uh control his left foot. Mm-hmm. And he learned how to write. He typed his entire autobiography. He was a painter with some success. All with his left foot. That's wild. You know? And so you hear stories like that and you're like, okay, oh, I could do right. a little God better. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll fucking give it a shot. <laughs> so I really appreciate movies like that because mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I get really wrapped into movies. Mm-hmm. And so I can do a lot of my own personal processing through, through. those examples. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to also create works that make people think and question what they believe. Like one I definitely want to make is just like, I'd like to make a movie that focuses on the kink scene Mm -hmm. and sex positivity, because Mm -hmm. I feel like the way Hollywood portrays it is so fucked up. Like it's just humans trying to figure out what they like to get through this crazy world. Mm -hmm. And it's like demonized and scary. And I just want to shed light on like, no, they're just normal people. They're not hurting you. Mm -hmm. You not understanding what they're into is what's hurting you. Right. Like that has nothing to do with what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The enjoyment they find in Mm -hmm. it. Hell yeah. Um, are you gonna rap with me? No, no, no? I'm not. I I was I so I'm <laughs> caught up on your podcast. Yeah. And while I was listening to it, I knew my interview was coming, and I was like, "Oh God, I'm gonna be the first one. I'm gonna be the first one who doesn't rap." And then I heard I was not the first one who didn't rap. So oh, now I know Austin, I have that. Austin out. did. But okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'll do a rap. Mm-hmm. You gotta be my hype. Mm-hmm. Hype woman. Okay. So like, that? yeah. Yeah, just just hit some. Uh huh. Yeah, just like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that'll uh, also give me some time. I tried. I was thinking the whole time. I was like, oh, I could prepare a freestyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, is that? So- be, I, I could write something, but that's not really freestyle. So I just so like I always had in my mind, um, that yeah, freestyling. The rules for freestyling's got to be off the top of the head. Mm-hmm. But I was just listening to a podcast by Nas, Ooh. and Nas, um, he's just been um, interviewing like a bunch of historical rap folks, mm-hmm. and he was interviewing Dougie Fresh, mm-hmm. who, I mean, he's around at the fucking beginning, yep. and so like freestyles really originally as, it's a written piece that you don't have to any type of music. So you come in to like a group of other folks, and you're just doing this piece that it's not to anything else. You're just... This is a free think style that I have memorized that I'm going to rap to whatever the group is doing at the time. Like spoken word, but to music. Mm -hmm. And then the freestyle off the top of the head aspect came from another dude who used to do that. It was just like, you know, most people would have regularly been rapping something that was written. And then this dude was like, I'm just going to do it on the spot. Oh, and then he's challenging everyone else. Well, maybe not on purpose, but everyone else is like, oh, I can do that. Oh, shit, on the spot, (laughs) goddamn. But that's how I always grew up thinking, like, you're just going. So that's how me and all my friends were just, like, spitting off the top. But I I learned that today because I used to always be like, that ain't freestyling, but I guess I was wrong. Right. Hype, hype. All right, I think we got it now. If this cuts off on us, then <laughs> fuck the freestyle who I'm meant to be. Yeah. Okay, guess I'll rap now. Guess I'll freestyle. The 
Bruce laying it down. I need you to throw some ad libs at me now. Don't be just laughing in the fucking background. What the heck, dog? I'm just playing. I'm just saying. I'm just aging. I'm just laying out the flow. Cause I be slaying and I do it every day. Do it every night. Do it every week. Higher than a kite. Yeah, we might have smoked. Don't know if I can say that. It's a right, dog. And I'm about to lay that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Now we straight getting it. Yeah, I'm straight spitting it. Yeah, I'm straight dripping it. Flipping it and dipping it. Like it was a chip with different stages, right? You know I'm not a blood or a fucking crip. No, I'm not a wimp either, dog. I'm just retrieving like a golden retriever. Oh, shit, either. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know, dog, but I am not playing. I'm probably about to be outside. Listen in the Joe to see. Yeah. Yeah, you know how I be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Screw boop. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was um. My best performance to date. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. I, I, you're the first person who, um, Got that uncomfortable. I knew I knew it was gonna make someone uncomfortable. So, well, that's the thing. Like, I do sketch comedy. I do theater. You give me a script. Uh, I'm fine. Yeah. The second you ask me to like, just go tell you what's on my brain. Mm-hmm. I can't He's do like, it. Hell no. There's a lot no. on my brain. <laughs> that's why my I don't know. Like, there are people who are able to freestyle like really like in a logical way somewhat off the top of the head and i'm like right. how do you do that like i just gotta like say, tell a full ass story yeah. and every once in a while I'll catch a good little um groove where i'm doing that but yeah usually it's just gonna it's gonna be stupid probably. <laughs> it's gonna be goofy but a lot of times i use it to like i'll throw on a beat and freestyle sometimes to figure out a nice rhythm to to use oh yeah and then i'll go in and put like better words in there um now let's see ah yes so you um you do cosplay right i do yeah Yeah. um i was just looking at your page again and trying to freshen up so how did you or what i wanted to ask was what was your favorite like cosplay outfit that you did and like what went into it dr roxo the rock and roll clown yeah. He does cocaine. Yeah. His name is Dr. Roxo. He's the rock and roll clown. He does cocaine. And I'm afraid that's all we know. Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown. I do cocaine. I do cocaine. Are you familiar with Metalocalypse? I am not. Okay, so Metalocalypse was this show on Adult Swim that I watched growing up. Well, I was probably in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically about this death metal band called Death Clock. And mm-hmm. the whole premise is what would happen if the most famous band, like if if a death metal band got Beyonce's level of fame, like what Mm -hmm. would they do with all that money? What Mm -hmm. would they do with all that fame? And so there are a lot of these crazy side characters. And the one that got me into the show was Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown. And he's like um, a ripoff of like eighties hair metal, um, rock and roll stars, Mm -hmm. like with the, super neon low-cut jumpsuit and having a cocaine addiction and <laughs> yeah i'm crazy like i love voices like that where uh-huh. i'm dr Roxo. Um, and so it's just like this absurd overweight drugged out like aged rock star mm. who's just a rock and roll clown so he's like all greased up and his um costume swoops in a way where like his whole belly's sticking out his <laughs> butt awesome. crack sticking out <laughs> and my favorite thing about cosplay is just like taking really goofy characters but like making them hot oh hell yeah and kind <laughs> of like i know this is weird but you were making the point um 
about like how you just learned, you know, freestyling. You used to think it had to be off the top of mm-hmm. your head, but then you learned there are different things. There's kind of that idea behind cosplay too, like what's real cosplay? Right. And some people think like you have to completely make it by hand yourself mm-hmm. or it has to completely match the style of like the original the reference. Character yeah. And so I had those feelings for when I got into it because mm-hmm. that's what society tells you. But then being able to take goofy characters, Dr. Oxo was the first. Well, I played, I did a Hamilton crossed with Deadpool. <laughs> oh. Dead Alexander. What happened was I was lazy and I didn't want to do a really good Hamilton cosplay. So I just threw a Hamilton cosplay on top of a Deadpool costume. And then I was like, oh, look at how it's great like, this go. is. Yeah. <laughs> but so then that got me into, well, what other goofy characters mm-hmm. do I want to be? And Dr. Oxo was one of my favorite, like, I just love his super deep cut jumpsuit and I always wanted it. And so I made sure I got it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend Pepper, Pepper Void, um, Zzer pronouns. Mm-hmm. Z made my costume for me and it fits like a glove to my body. So mm-hmm. like my boobs, my boob cage mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Like I never have to worry about a nip slip, but like anyone who's looking at me might be anticipating one. Right. Like it's just, just like, no, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they're tucked in there, but there's still that like mysterious, like, like I, I, I don't know. I love, I love fucking with people. No, that's good. <laughs> like Dr. Roxo isn't an inherently sexy costume. So when people look at me, it kind of weirds like, them out. They're like, why is... <laughs> Why am I into this? Yeah, Dr. Roxo's kind of hot. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Um, no, I'll have to check out that show, though. Oh, it's I love funny. Adult Swim shows. So well, sure and Brendan I'll... Small, he writes the, if you're into metal, he writes all of the music himself and he mm-hmm. plays a lot of the voice actors. He is one of my favorite creative minds just because of like how talented he is with his his songs are so goofy but they're also so like intense and well put together Mm -hmm. that's awesome um what what music are you into like oh everything Mm um specifically lately i've been listening to i don't know I don't know genres. I've been listening to Spotify. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of queer artists mm-hmm. like Ash Nico, Dorian Electra, but typical of me to go in the party. Everybody says they love me, but I'm still broken hearted. They call me Bali pessimism, I'm a macabre Barbie. I love you. Um I I go to a lot of anime cons, so I kind of pick up what my friends are listening to mm-hmm. and anything with like a super fast beat that keeps my heart rate going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of, but like growing up, it was always like hard rock, heavy metal. And then um, as I got older, I got more into like pop music because mm-hmm. I denied myself that growing up. So now I'm totally fine with like top 40. Yeah. Um, I really uh love the coup i don't know if you're familiar uh, i'm not familiar with them they're very good they're hip-hop mm-hmm. um boots riley is i think he's the leader i know he's um the leader he writes a lot of music for the coup but a lot of their like shows and albums a lot of the money that they make um goes towards uh helping fund um legal aid for uh people who've been wrongfully convicted oh okay um and yeah their music's really good just on like a social justice level mm-hmm. as well as having a sick funky beat to yeah. groove to like are the lyrics kind of like about social justice stuff or is yeah. it just yeah oh, okay. a lot nice. of it is social justice some of it is just like getting through the day but mm-hmm. it's powerful messages but like you're dancing the whole time mm-hmm. while they're talking about this like heavy shit yeah which is really cool but kicks in a dough an angel gas breaks dips in the o and even if a d-boy flips in my o it ain't enough to buy shit anymore sleep in the doorway piss on the floor Look in the sky, wait for missiles to show. It's finna blow, cause they got the TV, we got the truth. 
they own the judges and we got the proof we got hella people they got helicopters they got the bombs and we got the we got the we got the kids I don't like labeling things, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Like, the coup, if I wanted to sound really cool and with it, I'd just be like, check out the coup. They mm-hmm. were very good. But then I also listen to Ash Nico, where half, like, I describe Ash Nico as music that, if you listen to it, your boyfriend probably thinks you're angry at him because mm-hmm. it's just, like, stupid boy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> I'ma throw a tantrum. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like... I like things. <laughs> yes. I don't have a style. I do musical theater, so mm-hmm. naturally I gravitate to that. And Kanto is currently playing in my head yes. on repeat 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you have... That's one question I wanted to ask was... Um, do you have like... It doesn't have to be a top because I know that's very hard to do. But some just like all-time classic films that you feel like people should watch films yes my favorite i have a lot of favorite favorites Mm -hmm. but paper moon definitely worth a watch especially since peter bogdanovich uh, the director just passed away Mm -hmm. not my favorite human but he did write or direct my favorite movie Mm -hmm. so paper moon is lovely it stars ryan and his daughter tatum o'neill and it was filmed in the, I want to say, filmed in the 70s. But, like, they used classic, like, black and white style film to film it. So it has that very old school, like, 40s. It takes place in the Depression era. Mm-hmm. And it's just this guy and this kid going around um, <laughs> doing, like, small petty cons. Selling okay. fake Bibles. And... That sounds... Like a f- enjo- really enjoyable movie. It is. It's like, it's it's just got such great character work. Madeline Kahn has one of my favorite monologues in it. I definitely recommend people watch it if mm-hmm. they're into, um, I don't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's, it's, I can't describe it. Just go watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then like anything by Charlie Kaufman, mm-hmm. uh, being John Malkovich, um, Synecdoche, New York. That one's really long, though. Like, you basically have to read um, articles about it. At least for me, I had to watch, like, seven reviews of it back to, like, different ones mm-hmm. before I could even understand like, the movie. Yeah. But once I dove into it, it's a wonderful piece. So did you try to, like, watch it first and then was like, hold up? I don't get this. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, mm-hmm. all right, let me... <laughs> so this isn't, like, a spoiler, but, like... The first five minutes, this is actually a tip for anyone who's going to watch Synecdoche, New York. It stars Philip Seymour Hoffman, Catherine Keener. Oh, I love, yes. Um, But so the first five minutes is like, you watch it and it's this character waking up and going down the stairs and like going to have breakfast with his family. And like, it feels like it's, you know, like one scene. Mm -hmm. But if you pay attention, there's like, if you look at the clock on the wall if you look at the calendar in the living room and you look at the calendar in the kitchen like months and years are passing in these five minutes in this scene that you feel like is this flowing the same morning mm-hmm. and so it really messes with your perception of time your perception of identity it explores he like Kaufman explores gender identity in a lot of interesting ways for someone who I think identifies as cis. But, Mm -hmm. like, growing up, seeing being John Malkovich, seeing, like, a character really, when I was really young, who's, like, trying to explore, like, I really liked feeling like a man when I was in there. Like, I really like his stuff. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Recommend. All right, I got to get down one more of that. Um, Was there some more? Any more? Um, Films? Yeah. Oh, my God. I could go on. So we'll count that as two. Okay. Is this the five? Yeah. Is this the five questions? So we have Paper Moon, mm-hmm. Synecdoche, New York. I'm throwing Being John Malkovich on there too because mm-hmm. I love Charlie Kaufman so much. I already told you about My Left Foot. 
but I don't have to count that one. But that is a good one. Yeah, let's get a, let's get some, a different one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Oh gosh, I'm sure I I wrote a list. I could look at it. Hell yeah, dude. I'll start talking. But like, mm-hmm. I kind of. Uh, okay. No, I've kind of gotten away from like watching as much film, and I think it has been me being like a busy brain and being like can I sit down for that long and and do that? I need to be doing this, this, and this, but I'll fucking sit down and watch a TV show. So like, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to get back into watching films because I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's so many, you know, there's amazing films and there's so many other um, films that I haven't seen that I'm like, I know there's some shit that's going to blow my mind out there. So, hell yeah. Well, I was really into film. Like I said, in high school, I was studying filmmaking. So that was when I watched most of my film. And then, theater consumed my life mm-hmm. so I didn't have time to watch movies I was reading scripts I was doing all sorts of things so COVID being what it was mm-hmm. I had time to sit mm-hmm. and watch and I don't have the best brain mm-hmm. so if I watch a movie if I want to actually give you an opinion on it I have to watch it at least three times mm-hmm. because I just I'll watch a movie and the next day I couldn't tell you anything about it I'm just yeah I'm the same way my girlfriend gets mad at me like I'm like I don't remember anything that I just watched. Like, uh, it's gone. Like, just rewind and yeah. rewind and rewind and you still don't But know. I'm like, it just makes it more exciting for me when mm. I go back and watch it. <laughs> so because I'm the way I am, I do have a list. And an important thing to watch is um, if you haven't already had cats be ruined by the 2019 production, <laughs> the, the latest film version that came out, there is a 1998 broadway production of cats that is available to purchase or rent it is the epitome of what cats the musical is Mm -hmm. and needs to be and nobody ever has to do another production of cats (laughs) we don't need any more because the 1998 (laughs) one was already perfect and so i would stand by that um wholeheartedly please go watch the 1998 straight to broadway cats production i always tell people if they want to know how i got the way i am just Mm -hmm. know that i grew up watching that on repeat and then of course all the ones i mentioned are at the top of my list um that i pulled up but i guess out of this list uh last one i would recommend is uh the last unicorn the last unicorn when did that one come out is that Uh, a more recent no it's like the 80s probably or nice. late 70s but it's an animation Rankin and Bass mm-hmm. um, they did like the uh, they did um, you know the stop motion claymation um, Christmas movies like mm-hmm. A Year Without a Santa I don't think they did Rudolph maybe they did do Rudolph but that style of animation yeah, yeah. so they also did 2D mm-hmm. The Last Unicorn is beautiful animation you can rent it or buy it on YouTube <laughs> at 4K HD it's so pretty you mm-hmm. want to cry but then all the voice actors like mia farrow jeff bridges um god i'm so mad i don't remember his name anymore the little wizard it wasn't alan tudyk but it was another like really famous voice actor but it's my comfort movie like mm-hmm. if i'm ever sad i just throw on the last unicorn and there's some depressing moments like it's not a really up it's just a very beautiful animation. Mm-hmm. I always have to throw at least one animation when I'm telling people about oh, movies yeah. to watch. Definitely. And I know I keep talking about film, but um, what about like, I'm, I'm really, I just brought you here to just get suggestions on shit to yes. watch. And I was like, <laughs> yes. But um, what about like films with music? Like, and it doesn't have, have have to even be a musical but any films where you're just like the music kind of grabs you is, is such a major part in it because i love i feel like i don't know enough films like that but right. when i get a film where the music is Ameri- i'm just like oh, shit. yeah american pop's really interesting mm-hmm. it's ralph bakshi it's another animation it's um done with rotoscope it's like where you have like actors acting out and then they draw over mm-hmm. their bodies so it's got like a very realistic quality to it Mm -hmm. but american pop is um an animated story where it goes through like four generations of men throughout america but it goes through like 
whatever traumatic thing they're going through, it's playing whatever American music was playing at the time mm-hmm. or like what big music it uh, was going on. So it starts at like, I want to say, um, like probably the forties and then it ends in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But so you get like these different people growing throughout whatever your, I, I don't I don't know the best way to put it, but like throughout history, the music forms as the story progresses. Okay. Progress, progresses. Yes, yeah. that's right. American pop is a very good one, um, but it's hard to find a soundtrack that has it ends with a Bob Seger song. What song is that? Um, Night moves. Mm-hmm. It ends with a piano version of night moves okay which is my favorite version and the only place <laughs> i can find it is in this movie okay. i can't find a soundtrack Damn. okay so that one haunts my dreams mm-hmm. like 10 out of 10 um i feel like you're trying to make sure that i push in kanto if you have disney plus <laughs> i can't get over we don't talk about bruno that song was written with crack oh my god um okay so <laughs> movies soundtracks kill bill uh uh-huh. oh yeah the music oh, yeah. in kill bill makes that movie what it is i, I think uh the rizzo was or the wu-tang clan was involved with the oh, music i would yeah believe that yeah 100 percent. yeah i might have to double check that but hell yeah yeah, yeah. kill bill is amazing um are you still um selling calendars no I oh, okay. uh, I had exact so I made for those of you at home I made uh, lewd calendars to sell to my friends. Well, they were tasteful lewds. Tasteful lewds. I was uh, <laughs> baking a pie throughout the year, and I should probably I think I will do it again next year. But what had happened was I was um, supposed to make them in 2020, and then 2020 hit. And then I was supposed to make them in 2021, but I was still recovering from 2020. Right. That was a recovery year. But I had, I had a friend who like already bought a calendar back in 2019. Like I didn't even sign on to do them yet. He was just like, here's money for a calendar. And I was like, he paid me two years ago. I should probably make, make them. this happen. Yeah. And I, uh, I've been affected financially by COVID. So mm-hmm. I was only able to produce 40 of them and mm-hmm. they sold out. Hooray, huzzah. But I think, uh, if interest is, uh, still there, I would definitely like to do that again next year. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, thank That's, you so much thank you. for having me on or ha- for, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for coming. It was my show. I just like rambled just the whole over, time. Thank you so much for being show. here in my brain for a while. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I got a really quick reminder. If you are interested in auditioning for The Music Man, auditions are going to be early March. You um, can hit me up on the Facebook. I have Brooke Bruce, my page. I'm uh, tied up in ropes. You can't miss me. Feel free to send messages to that account. I'll get back to you. Uh, Otherwise, follow Circle Theater for more information. Listen to Lori Jacobs on Spotify. Sorry, I got to do my pitches. No, no, get in, get in. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, folks, you better do that shit. Thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Aren't you going to wrap me out? Oh, shit. All right, yeah, hold on. Yeah, well, all right. I got to, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why I felt like something was falling. I got scared for a second. Or is it too long? The episode took seven hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This a this a old uh, fair state beat. Choo choo choo. I know this is probably about to do something weird. This is back when I was first learning how to, how to make beats. Let's go. Okay, yup, now we did it. It say right I'm rapping and I don't have a fitted. Don't have a cap on, but I'ma get my rap on. About to get my snap on, then about to get my trap on. Yeah. I don't ever trap, I just take naps. 
I be in the back with a fucking snack Chillin' on the couch, rollin' up an ounce Yeah, you know it counts, and plus I got the bounce Got the bounce like a trampoline And I lean off the lean Never been on lean, but I been up on the scene And it's agent right, and I'm chillin' with my team Yeah Yeah, dog. yeah, you know it It's say right the poet I might blow it like a bomb Kaboom Kablooey Yeah dog you knew me A right in the jacuzzi Sipping on a smoothie Hold up I might just pull out the Uzi Hold up I got the beer dog Where's the koozie Hold up I used to listen to Juicy That's by Biggie Y'all gotta feel me that ain't even rhyme, but I got the Mac Millie. Then you know what say right, I had to get busy. Had to make him busy. Chill with my cousin Izzy. Dog, where is he? I don't even know. But I'm about to be done with the flow. So I'ma just need one more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We out of here. You motherfuckers have a good day. God damn it. Bye.